Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found. And of course, tape live at the Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. We're going to talk about Monday Night Raw's season premiere here in just a moment. And we've got some uh, a conversation about CM Punk. And AEW and what a needle mover actually is in this day and age. Uh, first, I want to uh, mention that if you enjoy going in raw and you'd like to hear the show ad free without the commercials in the audio realm for your podcast app, you can get that, including our bonus episodes for Friendo Club TV members at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. That's right. Five dollars a month and you can get this show ad free plus the bonus content for $5 a month. If you don't care about the bonus content, you just want the show ad free, you want to save a couple bucks, uh, then for $3 a month, you can go to goingandraw.supercast.tech and get the show ad free straight to your podcast app of choice. Uh, also, uh, we're coming down to the end of the month, which means uh, the uh, Patreon stuff. If you go to the $20 Patreon tier for $20, you get the Friendo Care Package, including... The Going In Raw Stephen Larson comic book, a full color comic book featuring Stephen Larson adventures. Look at that. It's you a get some story that can only be told the pages of a comic book. It would cost way too this. much money to ever make that into a major motion picture. It's a crazy, wacky adventure. You get an autographed 8 by 10 with our dumb faces on it, a couple stickers. Uh, it's a pretty good deal if you're a fan of Going In Raw and you want to help support the show. Great value. That's a great way to do it. At the $50 tier, is also an exclusive Friendo Club TV shirt. Uh, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Later on today, the bonus episode is going to be uh, 10 spookiest wrestling angles in wrestling in celebration of the Halloween because yes. it's coming up this it weekend up. Coming up. and this Friday, this Friday night, be sure to join us live for our show because uh, during our rampage watch along review and SmackDown review, we're going to be dressed up in costumes. Yeah. Are you excited for that? Larson? Mine's to- well, no, mine's totally uninspired. What did we do last year for our, I know I, I remember was, there was that one year in the office I was seen in, you were champ, but what did you we do were, last year? You were the SmackDown hacker last year and I yes, was macho that's man. That's right. That's right. Those were good. Those were fun. Yeah. Um, 
Cool. So anyways, we're going to talk about the Raw review in just a moment here. But first, uh, there's a bit of a war of words between uh, the head of AEW, Tony Khan, and the guy who used to run WCW, Eric Bischoff. In the latest episode of his podcast, 83 Weeks, Bischoff launched his latest salvo, criticizing Tony Khan for putting over his demo win head-to-head against SmackDown and dumping on CM Punk for saying that the latest influx of influx of talent to AEW is going to be more impactful than the Outsiders. Hall and Nash leaving WWF for WCW. These transcripts come to you via Wrestling Inc. Larson, would you like to read this first batch? Sure, I can do that. Uh, That's what Bischoff had to say. Quote, great anticipation about CM Punk, right? I put it over. I was excited about it. And I've never met CM Punk. I've never had a conversation with Punk, but I'm well aware of the equity and the value in that character and the way it was teased and the anticipation that was created. I was so excited about it. It was the first time in a long time that I've seen a real orchestrated controlled build that really created the anticipation that I think is such a big part of what makes wrestling work. Since that time, they're right back down to 500,000, 600,000 viewers. Tony says, well, they decided they were going to go head to head with us and I was going to put Punk and Seidel. And this is not a negative to either, but what did it do? Not much, arguably, but what did happen, and this is the art of war part of this, is WWE forced by doing that overlap into AEW's time slot, forced a situation where now CM Punk is opening up the show. WWE made a move that was the catalyst for Tony Khan to make his high profile, uh, his highest profile piece of talent, arguably, and put him in that time slot, and the show did less than a million viewers. How is that a fucking win? Burning up talent, putting someone into a match with the storyline with no angle. It was definitely, and I've never heard this term before, indelicious move. Not familiar with that. I, yeah, I don't know that. But yeah. but you're burning up resources, and you walked away with less than a million viewers. WWE delivered more viewers, which affects everything: pay per view, merchandise, ticket sales, all the other metrics you want to identify. WWE delivered more viewers than AEW on a third or fourth tier cable outlet than AEW did with one uh, their highest profile pieces and new fresh talent, and WWE outperformed them. Now, if you don't want to acknowledge that and you want to shift everybody on the internet's focus to a key dem- demo for a 30-minute period of time, hooray for you. It's not real, not when it comes to context. My point in this diatribe is that Vince caused you to make a big move that, in my opinion, was less than flattering. He continues uh, and talks more specifically about Punk. Steve, go ahead. He says, uh, Punk was the guy that came out, and his first comments were, uh, cons, comments, uh, the addition of this talent was more significant than Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Constantly making references to WCW because they want to be the company that WCW was back in the mid-90s. There's these constant references to WCW. When Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came in, we took off. Punk, you came in and you shit the bed in terms of the ratings. It ain't there and there's nothing in reality to suggest otherwise. You just need to be careful about what you say until you're delivering. That comment that Punk made about these guys being more significant than Hall and Nash in 96. And then two weeks after Punk made his big arrival, the ratings dropped by 40 to 50%. This is what lit my fuse. I wasn't going to comment on any of this until Punk came out and said, it's going to take five years for the effect of this talent to really show up significantly in the ratings. Are you fucking kidding me? Does anybody other than an uninformed wrestling fan who loves CM Punk, is anybody going to believe that nonsense? It's going to take five years. 
dude, you're going to be getting AARP mail because it happens as soon because it happens soon as you start getting close to 50. They start pounding you with this shit. I let that one go. But then to come out a couple weeks later after, in my opinion, he should be embarrassed. And for the ratings to take the dive the way they did after his debut suggests to me he ain't as hot as he's trying to make people think he is. If he was, the numbers would be much bigger. What's your takeaway from this, Larson? I mean, we see in the past that Bischoff has been defensive about his time at WCW to a degree. Um, you know, and I'm sure he's well aware. I, I often sarcastically say the all-important 18 to 49 demo. It is important because that's the demographic that advertisers target because historically speaking, that's the demo that has the most disposable income and more likely to spend money on stuff. And that's why it's the, tar- the, the most targeted demographic. And uh, it's, it's important to advertisers, but I also understand that in terms of optics, winning the viewership battle, if nothing else, is important. Because while you can, you, can, you can trumpet, oh, we got the most viewers in 18 to 49, if you're still losing in the overall numbers in terms of viewership, people are going to be like, well, still more people watch this show than your show. So, you know, I get that argument. Um well, the only on I'll be completely honest with you. I'm not I do not have a background in advertising or TV ad sales. And the only reason why I understand that demo to be important mm-hmm. is because of what people like Dave Meltzer have said. And Andrew Zarian answered a question uh, about this on Twitter and uh, recently. And he said the demo is important. Total viewership is important. Mm-hmm. They're both important in their own way. Yes. So like. The demo's not everything. No, it's not. Um, and like I said, total I, viewerships, not everything. Yes. It's 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 a mix of the two that is important. And like you said, total viewership, you know, the optics of, of which look great. I think also to TV executives, those optics, you know, look great mm-hmm. or don't look great mm-hmm. depending on the total overall. I think viewership. I think the the demo number. I'm not saying it's the most important thing in terms of negotiating ad rates for shows, but. You know, if your show does really well in the target demographic, the group of money the advertisers think are going to spend money on their products, you know, the case we made that if your your show performs well in that demo, you could potentially negotiate higher ad rates for your show. And now I don't know if overall viewership has some bearing in that. Well, again, neither of us are from the TV industry, much less yeah, the ad agency. We're a couple is, of dummies talking about this. You know, is CM Punk a needle mover or not? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the question know, that we're know, getting and, at and, and if you look at... TV viewership since debut to now, and that's your only metric, the answer is no. Uh, I know Tony Khan has talked about how the uh, the buys for All Out were pretty were, were pretty good. Uh, he mm-hmm. said today in, in some interview that I read that uh, uh, that in other metrics, Punk has, has really increased numbers. Um, but, in, in, you know, with TV rights being such a huge part of the financial success of wrestling company these days. I mean, WWE is basically buoyed entirely by TV money right now. Um, you know, this is this is the focus of the conversation because it's so important to the financial health of companies right now. Um, I think it's an entirely I think it's an entirely legitimate thing to be interested totally in the in the business aspect of wrestling, and and therein lies the questions about ratings. And for people who say, well. You know, I, I, I don't nobody, you don't nobody should care about that. Well, why not? 
Why shouldn't they care about it? Why shouldn't they be interested in it? Why should you tell me not to be interested in a certain thing if I'm interested in it? Um, I mean, does it sometimes fuel the toxicity of tribalism? Mm-hmm. Sure. But what are you going to do about that? You can't do anything about that. People are going to be people. That's how they that's how they react to stuff. There's not going to be any smoothing of that over. Um, Bischoff has a right to be defensive because Tony Khan has said things that you know, uh, WCW made mistakes. We know what those mistakes are. We're not going to make them. Well, if you're Eric Bischoff, you have every right to take offense to that because he's talking about him. He's talking about Eric Bischoff, basically. Um, and, uh, and you know, the fact that for 83 weeks, WCW uh, was beating WWF and WWF turned it around 25 years ago. And uh, and within a couple of years, WWF bought mm-hmm. WCW. A lot of those things were out of Eric Bischoff's control. Yeah. Um, I'm sure with the benefit of hindsight, he would have done things different. You would think and so. I think he's he said as such. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Eric Bischoff. Neither am I. But I understand why he'd say, hey, kid, it ain't as easy as all that. And 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 you, you talk a big game for a guy who brought in CM Punk, the most sought-after free agent in pro wrestling, after seven years, and you're back down to doing the same number you were doing beforehand. Now, I don't know if that number would still be there if it wasn't for CM Punk opening the show. Um, And I do think that with AEW, I personally believe that there is a longer story that they are telling specifically with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And I really actually like the story. Mm-hmm. He's got to get his wrestling legs back. He's yeah. got to understand what the, what the, uh, what the scene is these days. Yeah. Um, and the fact is Tony Khan uh, wants people to talk about a W and he's getting people to talk about a W he's doing what a promoter should be doing. It's promoting a promotion. Yes. I don't think anybody that was watching AEW is going to turn off AEW based on some tweets about ratings from Tony Khan. I find it maybe there are some people out there. I mean, I have heard plenty of people say, oh, the fans of AEW is what turns me off. I don't really think you were going to give it a proper chance anyways. If every fan of AEW was tweeting out just beautiful Shakespearean whatever, Soliloquies. Would that, yes. Would you then say, "Man, I really want to watch AEW now"? I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, there are obnoxious AEW fans. There's obnoxious WWE fans. Yep. There's obnoxious fans of every single in every fandom. Yep. Doesn't make me, you know, I still watch the the MCU and everything they do. Doesn't mean I don't, you know, I'm not going to get on Twitter and oh, these MCU fans are crap. So, is CM Punk a needle mover in this respect? I, I don't know. I mean, he has a good point. Bischoff has a good yeah, point. He does. He does. You know, um, maybe not. Maybe not in the way they're using him. I do feel like Tony Khan, the things he said, the approach they're taking, he has a longer game in mind. But that's not going to stop him from attempting to promote his show in the now. No. Um, and uh, And whether or not he should be so vocal about it and picking and choosing which battles he's won versus the fact that, you know, SmackDown, a SmackDown replay beat a new dynamite on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I don't see him tweeting about that, but he shouldn't. 
because that's an L. Why yep. would you tweet about that? Yep. Um, so I don't know. I just I don't I, I think that Eric Bischoff has every right to be defensive about a guy who's criticizing a, a, a pretty big accomplishment back then, you know, beating WWF for 83 weeks. It was that was a pretty big deal back yeah. then. Now, yeah. what what do you make as as a wrestling fan? What do you make about the comparison between Punk coming in and the Outsiders coming in? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, like I, I think what Punk was talking about is not so much just him, but I imagine it'd be him, Adam Cole, Danielson. Um, you know, like the world is so different than it was twenty five years totally ago. Totally true. In Absolutely. terms of people. You know, 25 years ago, 1996, I don't believe there were 700 cable channels. There wasn't two dozen streaming services. There wasn't as many options uh, competing for your entertainment dollar Mm -hmm. back then that there are now. You know, that's what we see kind of across the board. Ratings are down, Mm -hmm. you know, apart from huge marquee events like Super Bowl, so on and so forth. Um, And and to a certain extent, it's apples and oranges. I understand what CM Punk is trying to get at in terms of having three pretty huge names from WWE go to the competition. And while it's, it's obvious that AEW is not quite competing with WWE in terms of total viewership, there is a competition for the, for the services of talent right now. Sure, absolutely. Um, and you know maybe one of the reasons WWE is getting away from signing indie wrestlers and focusing more so on developing talent in-house is to not be faced with that situation mm-hmm. as much, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I don't know the full context of punk's quote about that, mm-hmm. about it taking five years. And if it's a situation where he says like, you know, this is the first step in a process that's going to lead to this five years down the line. If that was the context, then of course we have to wait to see, I don't know if he was speaking specifically about ratings. Something tells me CM Punk doesn't give two shits about ratings anyways. Yeah. I think he was more, I'm guessing, more talking about the perception of WWE being this 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 monopoly essentially in the professional wrestling business for mainstream viewers. And mm-hmm. AEW in five years' time making significant inroads in that and then being seen as real competition. Not just in terms of the services of wrestlers, but for eyeballs as well. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I think you hit the nail on the head. I really do, because I do feel like All Out, the, the events surrounding All Out were a sea change in terms of the 
competition over talent. Mm-hmm. Talent viewing AEW as a legitimate place to ply their trade. People who previously were main eventing WrestleMania coming over or, you know, wrestler of the year 2019, Adam Cole coming over instead of going to main roster WWE coming to AEW. It's a different thing. It's a thing they consider career wise on par with being in WWE. Um, that is definitely a different thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you. I think AEW for all out. It was the beginning of a real sea change where, yes, five years down the line, like if you if you take a look at where WWE's total viewership was five years ago, where it is now, there is a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it, it's it's yet to be seen if AEW can continue an upwards trajectory if WWE's total viewership has been declining because of things like we've talked about endlessly here, uh, uh, mediocre, uh, uh, creative, mm-hmm. I mean, is the general idea. Um, if AEW can attract new eyeballs, I mean, anecdotally, we know that there are plenty of sort of uh, 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 fans that they had yeah. left yeah. behind and have coming back because of AEW. I mean, there's one thing that I guess has to be encouraging for AEW in terms of the demo numbers is that part of the problem it seemed like with WWE, you know, they have like a their average uh, viewer is was in their 50s or something like that. If WWE is having trouble attracting younger and, and, and potentially new viewers to watch in the future, uh, that could be a problem in terms of maybe dwindling viewership in years to come, especially mm-hmm. if AEW has been relatively successful in, in bringing in younger viewers. Yeah. But I mean, if you take, you know, the beginning of like wrestling, WrestleMania one was it 1985 mm-hmm. was WrestleMania mm-hmm. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was only what? 11 years later that Hall and Ash came over. It was God. Was it nine years? When Hogan showed up in WCW in 94. Mm-hmm. It was only nine years after the first WrestleMania when wrestling blew up in the mainstream, mm-hmm. right? Compared to now, which was, you know, we're talking 25 years after uh, 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 the Monday Night War. Mm-hmm. Like, WWE has had the monopoly on pro wrestling. They are a billion-dollar company. They have had all that time to establish their brand name as the, as synonymous, mm-hmm. the Xerox of pro wrestling. Kleenex, yes. So it's a much different landscape now going against WWE. Like Bischoff was given con static for not immediately going head to head, which we all know is these days would be asinine. Folly. It'd be so back then, back then it's different because WWF was, you know, in 1995, it was, it was the low end of the business. Then you bring in all these names that only, nine years earlier yep. are big deals, then yeah, you're, you're going to have that success as WCW. Mm-hmm. And they almost mm-hmm. didn't until they made the NWO and things got cool again. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's a completely different situation, but his point isn't entirely in, uh, uh, not without validity. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, if you bring in a guy like CM Punk, should you expect better numbers than half a million or 600,000? Maybe, maybe you should, but I, I get the feeling that AEW's like, okay, we have Punk, Let's tell the story we're going to tell and exactly. not hotshot a bunch of stuff. Exactly, and and which I think in the grand scheme of things is wise because yes, you might get the the short term uptick in viewers for 
doing something like that, but you you do that at the expense of what you have planned out in the long term, mm-hmm. and you don't want to take stories you've been setting up for the two years your company has been existence and and cast those aside uh, just to kind of you know come in and ride uh, on the coattails of, of CM Punk's uh, 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 popularity. Yeah, because in the long term, people are going to say, "Well." you gave us a story for years and you never paid it off. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that's going to start letting down viewers. Yeah. Short term yeah. people might get excited. Oh yay, Punk. He's made the shows. And also I think from Punk's perspective, given what happened to him at WB, that might be something that he might not even want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. He yeah. might not want to come in and then take the spotlight off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, hangman page and other, uh, talents that AEW has really invested a lot of time in building up and, and tell, this story of him getting his legs back under him, getting the ring rust mm-hmm. off, yeah. working his way up to maybe becoming a main eventer yet again after seven years out of the business. Telling a story yeah. that's actually believable, someone hasn't wrestled really in seven years, coming mm-hmm. in and kind of learning how to do it again to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's it, it's it's interesting. I mean, Eric Bischoff is is talking about Tony Khan, he's talking about AEW and it's better than not, you know. Uh so yeah, I don't know. Intra- just an interesting, an interesting line of thought. He makes some good points. Yeah. Um, and as somebody who has been there before um, and and has actually been in AEW before. Yeah, several times. Yeah, a couple times. Uh, it's interesting to hear his, uh, his take on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the season premiere of Raw was last night. It was. Uh, and uh, I, I was happy that we got new contenders. We got a killer, killer, really good. killer main event, um, and uh, I don't know. I thought that Raw, I, it was. It's really kind of difficult for me to judge Raw in terms of like how I. Th- I thought it was like on paper. I think it's pretty good. Uh, it 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 felt longer than <laughs> than it usually does for me. And I don't know if it was because I wasn't fast forwarding through commercials as much. Also, you know, just a couple days ago, we were up for a whole day straight. So maybe that's something to do with it. That it probably did. <laughs> it, it, it probably absolutely did. Uh, but, uh, but no, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good way to, to start things off with a bunch of, I'm really glad that, uh, Ray Mysterio, uh, came out on his own and, uh, and was considered and seen as the main event contender. He should be, mm-hmm. um, Seth Rollins, the man who came out of that ladder match, uh, to face Big E. Of course, we've got survivor series coming up in about a month. It sort of felt like they didn't. Obviously, they were not committal or the, uh, as to when yeah. that title match is going to take place. Do you think it's going to take place on Raw? Or are they going to wait till like December? I don't know do because that? I could see the appeal. There's an obvious story in having Seth Rollins walk into Survivor Series as WWE Champion. Oh, you think that might actually? I mean, you I think I, that's a possibility. I mean, is, is it a possibility? Of course. Do I think it's likely? No. Mm-hmm. But it's a possibility, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and uh, you know they they have spent some time trying to set up. Obviously, Roman versus Big E at Survivor Series. We've seen WWE just change course suddenly before, um, mm-hmm. so you can't dismiss that as a possibility. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I'd rather see Big E get a shot against Roman at Survivor Series. You know, but they, they'll do kind of weird things sometimes where like, well, we don't want Big E to lose to Roman, 
So we'll have him lose to Seth, so Seth can lose to Roman, and then have Big E get the title back. You know, they'll do weird mm-hmm. stuff yeah, like that Yeah, they do sometimes. weird stuff like that, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to go with it. I don't know when they're going to have the match. They did announce that. They did announce the title match next week on Raw for the Raw Women's title, Becky versus Bianca. Um, I, are, you surpri- are you surprised they went with Seth out the gate here and didn't wait? Because Survivor Series is so close, like it would have been easy for Rey Mysterio to get that contract next week. You have that match; it's a good match, but you know how it's going to go down. Yeah, and maybe this—the idea is they want. I mean, Seth was the only heel in that match, mm-hmm. and if if and I know Big E just took on Drew McIntyre, another face for the title at, at Crown Royal, but maybe they want to start assuming they want to have Big E carry the belt for a while have him face strong heels mm-hmm, yeah. going forward and, and really build him up. I don't know mm-hmm. what their plans are for him, um, so it's hard to tell. And, and, and they're so unpredictable. Vince is so unpredictable in terms of what he wants to do from week to week mm-hmm. that it's hard to predict uh, where they could be going with all this. Um, yeah, they could have a title match two weeks from now, and then you find out morning of hey Vince Vince decided to do the title change you find out the next day Vince wanted yeah. to do the title change an hour before the show exactly he decided on it um I do like though I mean one thing that we had talked about throughout the draft stuff and and following the draft that there are just a ton of contenders for yeah. for Big E yeah. so it does and I think in a good way and I mean this is sort of that McMahon that McMahon unpredictability so like somebody here in the in the uh in the chat here had the ratings. I think it was like uh, 1.6, almost 1. 1.7 mm-hmm. uh, million. So it was up. Uh, so so it was up, yeah. Uh, but, you know, with Vince, it's like, oh, well, we need to pop these ratings against that heavy football competition. Let's do a title change on Raw. Uh, and I, I get that, like, it, it, it does fly in the face of, hey, let's get some better long-term storytelling here. But in terms of the unpredictable nature of it, I kind of appreciate that. Hey, anything can happen here, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind unpredictability as long as it it makes sense in the moment. Yeah. I'm fine with it, you know. Well, I think I think I think so long as it makes sense in the moment, and there's the idea that it could be leading somewhere. Yeah, that's right. fine. Doing something surprising just to do something surprising with no plan of how to how to tell the story from that point on. We've seen countless times in WWE, and it's just frustrating because it feels yeah, like they leave they, yeah. money and really interesting stories on the table because like with Nikki ASH mm-hmm. they had her cash in it felt way too soon I understand they did that because they wanted to, they wanted to pop ratings or get people talking about something what two three weeks later she lost the title now she's tag champion she's nowhere near the main title picture and what could have been a really interesting and pretty darn good story they told with her is just kind of spinning wheels now yeah don't get don't get a start on how they booked the women's division man it is not pretty. It's not good. Um, let's just go ahead and dive into this sure, because sure, yeah, it sure. was a it was a pretty it was a pretty packed show. I did I did think that we it felt uh it felt like a season premiere. It really did. You know, with all the new challengers, we had some uh, so, uh, character you, changes. Yeah, kind of unmotivated, but nonetheless, I guess it's an interesting direction. Um, did you see? I forgive me because I don't remember who put it. Up. Someone had you know like the raw roster graphic. Yeah, sure. And 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 altered it a bit to show who was on the show and who wasn't. 
Mm-hmm. And a vast majority of, of the Raw roster was actually on the show last night, mm-hmm. which yeah, is sure. good to see. You know, Sure, absolutely, yeah. Because so often in, in WWE, they'll focus on a few people, mm-hmm. and then it seemingly it's a struggle for everybody else to get on TV. And it seems like last night, maybe because it was the new era, they put an emphasis on showcasing more of the Raw roster, and hopefully they do the same on SmackDown. This is yeah. This is who you're gonna get. These yeah. Some things sort of got set up here, um, and yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people did make the show. Uh, it kicked off with uh, Big E coming out, gave everybody the the Walmart greeting to the season premiere of Raw. He made some Houston references. Mm-hmm. Said uh, gave a shout out and congratulations to King Woods, uh, and he says, you know, okay, who is gonna? And then Seth Rollins comes out. Beautiful coat. Seth has, ha, 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 you know I am here. Biggie says, ha, 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 well, you lost to Edge. And Seth's like, well, he's not here, and I want your title. And he says, did you not hear me? You lost to Edge, so you go back to the end of the line. And Seth says, look, I've been through literal hell this past week. The Universal Champion is too afraid to give me my opportunity, so I'm here, and I want that. He says, so you don't want to be, so do you want to be like Roman Reigns? Or do you want to be a fighting champion? Come on, man. What better way to kick off the new season of Raw than to take on Seth freaking Rollins? Yeah. Out comes 619. Yeah, he yeah. says, uh, Seth, your vision must be impaired after getting hit in the head. Uh, sorry, getting your head bashed in by Edge. He says, it's been a minute since they've seen eye to mm-hmm. eye. Two mm-hmm. sentences in, already two references to the eye for an eye match. Great. Mm-hmm. But as, uh, if anyone is deserving of a title match, it's me, Rey Mysterio. My resume speaks for itself. He then lists off his resume, basically. He says, yeah. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win the title one more time. Finn's out next. He says, I got nothing but love for you, Ray, but with all due respect. And he lists off his he accomplishments. Off. <laughs> That's exactly how I have it in my notes, And then too. he reminds Seth, I was the first time, first universal champion. He has to say that he beat Seth for it because we all knew that. Yeah. He says, there's one title that I've never held, and now that he's on Raw, I want that WB title. Kevin Owens is out next. It says, I don't want to be that guy, but if we're going to talk accolades, I want to play the part two. Then he lists his achievements. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also talks about becoming universal champion in that same building, Toyota Center in Houston. Mentions he pins Seth to win it, and uh, Seth goes after Kevin Owens. Uh, Owens is looking for a stunner. Seth escapes that, flees up the ramp, and then Sonya comes out the stage, says, uh, we're going to have a f- fatal four-way tonight. Winner gets a title shot. Considering it's the season premiere of Raw, let's up the stakes. It's going to be a ladder match, too. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a good, good opening segment mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it, it made that, it made mm-hmm. the WWE title feel like something people want to actually compete for. It did, it did, and I like you know Biggie. He's got a target now, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, it's going to be. I, I really do hope that they they stick with him and they give him lots of twists and turns. But honestly, like if they, like you said, as long as it it feels like they're leading to something, which I know is a lot to ask with WWE. But as long as it feels it like should, I don't mind, it should be the bare the t- minimum. It should be the bare minimum, and yet it's should like be. it's like the the it's, it's lowest it's, priority. Yeah, it's like the lowest priority. It's a question you have to ask yourself every time they do something. Do they have something planned for this? Because here's the thing: when Kane beats Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWE title, a couple months or whatever, three weeks or whatever it was after he won it, you know that it the chase is back on. When Brock Lesnar beat Kofi Kingston. You knew that he was going to stop chasing it. He's not chasing it anymore. They're just going to do, they just want to do Brock versus Kane Velasquez. That's the big difference is that on one hand back then, it was just a story beat for Stone Cold to do what he does best, 
chase fools down and stun them. When it was Kofi Brock, oh, we just know that, or CM Punk and The Rock, we just know it's to get Rock versus Cena for the title, mm-hmm. and it's it's so much more satisfying. That's why I hope with if they really want to say, hey, let's keep Big E hungry. If you're gonna take the title off him, have him chase it again. You need yes. that chase sometimes, but uh, I mean, but sometimes, I, don't, I don't know if they would do that. I don't. Know I don't know either because sometimes sometimes in the right situation with the right creative. As you mentioned with Stone Cold, having him chase, it helped build mm-hmm. him up more. Yeah, it did. Because you no, keep totally. throwing odds yeah. you know, yeah. against him. You keep making mm-hmm. him more of an underdog. He has to and overcome. sometimes you lose. Sometimes you have yes. to lose to, to get it back. You overcome I mean, steep odds, and then, and then you know, in theory, you get over more, you know? We are seeing that right now with Bianca Belair. They're yes. doing it right now with her. Yes. Um, this was interesting. So there was a match after this that was a fascinating concept. You have these three tag teams, which are all top-notch tag teams, and they're all fighting for a match for the title. I know. Instead of having a, a, a team face <laughs> the champions and winning, and then maybe yeah, if they win, maybe not. getting a title shot. I mean, the same thing yeah. with the ladder match. An interesting concept. You have people that actually want to go after the title. They compete amongst themselves. The winner gets the title right. shot. What, a, what an innovative, mind-blowing concept that is. They get to be what's called a contender. A number one contender. <laughs> a number one contender. I mean, top contender. We did get to see a championship contender match last night. That did still happen. Was that the priest uh the yes. priest T bar? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, this was cool. I I again praise be praise the WWE for this. Yeah, the number one contendership match for a title shot in the same show. You have three hours and you're telling this whole story in that three mm-hmm, hours. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a, that was a great concept. I wish they'd do it more. Yes. Street Profits, Alpha Academy, Dirty Dogs. Uh, and this was a really fun match. These are all really good teams. I mean, I know Dirty Dogs just thrown together in the last couple of weeks. But uh, no. Uh, so, yeah, this is good stuff. Uh, Montez Ford got isolated a lot. And there was this whole extended sequence that led to the finish where he was just trying. There was just trying to get to his corner and people were just coming in, like beating the crap out of him, tagging yeah. out, beating yeah. the crap out of him, yeah. tagging him out. Uh, he finally gets to Dawkins. Dawkins hits a spinning neckbreaker, that awesome spinning neckbreaker thing on Gable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rude breaks up that pin. Uh, Alpha Academy hit their finish on Dawkins. This was crazy. So as they get that finish, which I think is like the uh, the the suplex pin, uh, uh, Montez Ford comes in and splashes like with perfect precision on Gable's midsection. He has to like launch himself over Dawkins, mm-hmm. uh, and and he breaks that up. Rude uh, gets hit with Dawkins' spinebuster. Amos comes out. Montez, who is ready to hit his frog splash on Rude, instead turns to Amos, hits it on him on the outside, but Amos takes him down. Uh, then he hits Dawkins, and uh, Dirty Dogs hit their finish on Dawkins for the win there. I will say this. I, I understand it's a triple threat, so I guess it's no DQ. Uh, so I guess it's fine, but Amos hit uh, Dawkins in clear view of the referee. I guess it's triple threat. It's, it's not well, yeah, but it's a triple threat, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Then um, after that, we had uh, the coronation of Queen Zelina. Uh, she kind of had a, a British accent coming and going throughout this. That whole was segment. hilarious to me. I, I thought that was a great time. I know a lot of people are on Twitter like that. I know is like, oh, I don't. Why is she doing that? Because it's funny. Because when you think of royalty, you think of British royalty. Well, and so for her to be slipping in and out of the British accent is hilarious. I was to trying me. to 
find out if it was intentional for some things and, and like she was intentionally using the accent for certain segments of it while intentionally not using it for other segments, but I couldn't really. I Yeah, it seemed like it was it was when she's trying to address something in a more regal manner, it she would adopt like it. it and like then that. she'd slip out of it when she was like trying to get real. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty funny, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so the first thing she does is gets to the ring. She calls out Mike Rome for not giving her an appropriate entrance. She says, do it like we rehearsed. Uh, you're talking to royalty here. So he does it again. Uh, and then uh, she says for, for too long, she's been underappreciated. Uh, she says she was the only woman in WWE fit to be a queen, be the queen. Her ascension to the throne was always her destiny, and now her subjects will bow down to the official queen of WWE. Uh, she says, uh, will I be a, a generous queen, a beautiful queen, cruel, loved or feared? The answer is all the above. Um, and she says, Dewdrop is a perfect example of what happens when you stand in, in, in my way. This crown is proof that I am the best of the best. All hail Queen Zelina. So Dewdrop is backstage watching all this. She's already scheduled for a match, but even then she's like, Pff. she gets, you know, irked by this. She heads down the ring for their bout. Uh, and uh, uh, Zelina needed to use the scepter to get the win. Uh, she goes and unties the, uh, the top turnbuckle cover off. So the ref goes and fixes that. And then she goes and gets the scepter, hits Dewdrop with it. And just then uh, the ref turns around kind of looks back at the turnbuckle cover and goes ah, and it goes and counts the pit <laughs> yeah refs like that that always cracks me up uh so after that we had a pretty extended uh promo bit with uh, becky lynch and bianca belair i thought it was decent i thought it was a little bit long but uh becky lynch comes out i noticed that she was uh, uh her attire was complimentary to uh to seth mm-hmm. rollins which I thought it was all black and white. It looked really great. They both looked awesome tonight or last night. She says, uh, it feels good to have that raw title around her shoulder, the title she never lost. She intends to pick up where she left off. She said, I came back two months ago. I've been making history ever since. In that triple threat match last week, I sent Sasha and Bianca packing. As the man of the people, I know you don't want to see Bianca anywhere near this title, right? There's new women here. You want to see me beat Rhea Ripley? Of course you do. You hate her, right? Liv Morgan? Yeah, you guys want to see me beat her. They're going to learn just like Sasha learned, just like Bianca learned. You can't always get what you want unless you're me. And then Bianca Belair interrupts. Yeah. Uh, she comes down the ring. She says with Becky, it's always something. You walked out of crown jewel. Uh, sorry, she said, I walked out of crown jewel with no shame because you didn't pin me. Um, she made reference to her uh, cheating, too, by holding on the rope. But again, it's a triple threat mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. You could do that. Um, says it's you that should be ashamed. Um, it sh- if anybody should be ashamed, it should be Becky. Uh, Becky thinks she always gets what she wants because she hasn't faced any adversity. It says since SummerSlam, Becky's found every way to slip away from Bianca, but that's about to change. About to change. And Bianca mentions she's beaten Sasha, she's beaten Bailey, she's beaten Charlotte. So that means I've earned a title shot, the Raw title. And when she says, "When I win, uh, Becky, your 26 seconds of fame will be over, and so will the title reign." Uh, but there's uh, one thing that Becky was right about. The new face of Raw has arrived, but it's not you, Becky. It's me, Bianca Belair. Yeah. And then uh, Let's see here. Where am I? And then Becky this... says she expected that, so I prepared something. She expected Bianca to say that she was the face of Raw, so she throws to a still of herself at Crown Royal after she wins, and she's smiling. She's holding the title up, and she says she throws to another of, of Bianca after the match ended, and she's all distraught. 
And she says, well, does that look like the face of Raw? No, it looks like the face of a loser. Sad. Look at you. You're so sad and angry. Yeah. And uh, so finally, I finally found my, myself in the notes here because I wrote all this stuff down. Yeah, I did so, But you want me to talk about not facing adversity? She's saying, I overcame it to become a hero to these people. You had a straight shot to the title. This cracks me up because she says, you had a straight shot to the title. You won the Royal Rumble. Which that's not exactly a straight shot. No, um, she says you uh, uh, you beat the best women we had only because I wasn't around to stop you in your tracks. Since then, it's been disappointment for you. Bianca says the only thing I'm disappointed in is that I haven't slapped that smile off your face. The only thing you've done is hid how hurt your feelings are. You thought when you came back, everyone would still be rooting for you, but they're not. And that bothers you. You might have that title, but you still seek validation. Behind that title, you have nothing. Having the title means nothing if there's nothing behind it and you're nothing without the title. I see right through you. Shut up or run up. I want my match right here tonight. Becky says, oh, you want to act tough? You want to go one more time to see who the best is? Look at my face. It says, get to the back of the line, bitch. Bianca attacks. Bianca was, woo. She did not like that line at all. Uh, Bianca, Bianca did really, they both did really terrific here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bianca attacked, throws her over the table. Becky goes for, uh, Becky grabs a kendo stick, goes for a shot, but Bianca grabs it, gets her in the ring, starts just killing her with the kendo stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky counters with a kick. Bianca goes for a KOD. Becky rakes her eyes, gets out of it, hits a leg sweep and takes off, and then uh, holds the title high on her way out, says, you want your match, you got it, just not tonight. Mm-hmm. And it was announced later that it happened next week. Uh, we had a quick bit backstage where uh, Finn Balor is warming up. Kevin Owens walks up to him and says, hey, we've known each other for a long time. I respect you. Just want to let you know it's every man for themselves out there tonight, and I need this win. And Finn says, oh, every man for themselves, just the way I like it. I'll see you out there. It was all very friendly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we yeah. had Damian Priest in a championship contender match versus T-Bar. So Damian has Neutron, New yeah. Third, New Theme. New music, They're really yeah. doing... You know, the kind of the, the angel devil thing going there. Um, it's literally him split in half. The Tron is one half of him like radiating bright light and the other mm-hmm. one, you know, dark. And, yeah. And, and dingy, almost like a hellscape. And the lower third is the same thing. The Damien part of his name is 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 really dark and, and grim looking. And the, the priest part of it again uh, is very bright and, and, and vibrant. It's kind of doing a duality, a man thing here. Um, yeah, and I'd be well, really name, into it. I yeah. just wish there was some motivation that led to it. That's it. Yeah, I don't disagree. I hope that he does a promo next week. They have to explain this. You would think so because it's, I mean, Damian Priest. That is, I mean, it's a it's, it's a right dichotomy there. of a name. It's right yeah, there. It's right yeah. there. Um, and uh, and so the match goes out. It's him versus T Bar. It's her, him versus uh, Bearded T Bar. And uh, I was hoping. I I still hope that T Bar is going to get a rebrand because I think that he's terrific. Yeah, Jack's um, great. Yeah, and it's a really good match. I the one shot I missed though is did T Bar fling a chair at uh, at uh, yeah that's what died? set up that's what set off Priest is that he threw he threw one of the, the office chairs at commentary okay yeah. so he because I saw I saw like right after and, and Priest his eyes light up and he snaps yeah. and he just annihilates T Bar he yeah. like he gives him a slam he dumps the office chair on him which mm-hmm. is a great visual. Mm-hmm. Um, he just completely destroys T-Bar and commentaries putting over. Oh, he snapped. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going to explain this sudden change. Because it's out of nowhere. In, it, it is out of nowhere. If, if the idea is he gets, you know, something triggers him. Why we haven't seen it before needs to be explained. Yes. I mean, they could have taken three, four weeks 
built at this point. Well, they did it with Ilya perfectly. I know. In in UK. I know. It was the match, the the one match that was everything to him in his career, his first match with Walter, the back chops. Eventually, like in the next match that he had, somebody slapped him on the back. And it set him off. That yeah. triggers him to go into this trance. So it would have been nice had there been an inciting incident. Exactly. Which led him to this. And if not, they're going to have to take some odd creative liberties to explain how off camera this happened. I know. Like, why is this a thing now? I know. I mean, it's going to be the, the, the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other. You know, it's going to be that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It seems like just based on the presentation. Because I, like, I mean, the song, the new theme isn't great. But the rest of the presentation, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I could give the new theme is not as good as the other one, no. but it's not terribly. It's it's not horribly generic. No, but it still sounds um, pretty generic. It's it's yeah. It still. Sounds I mean, I'll generic. I'll get you. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not, not so it's not, generic. No, it's not bad. It's just kind of generic. Um, Three months from now, if I hear that theme, I'll know who it is. Yeah. There is a spell in a early AEW when like half the themes, I was like, I have no idea who any of these people are. <laughs> like if I just heard the theme, I'd be like, I don't know, Fuego. Yeah. Okay, what about this one? I don't know, Fuego. You yeah. know, um, Mox. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Give it. Hey, get, just give me, give me one idea. They call Vince calls you up, Larson. We booked ourselves into another hole. I just got him. You know me. I'm impatient. I'm 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 I'm, I'm impulsive. I wanted him to be Two-Face, Angel and Devil at the same time, and he snaps during the middle of a match. But there is no inciting incident. I need one. All right. He, uh, uh, Damian Priest returned to New York City, his home, and went back to his old stomping grounds. And, and you know, I think he used to, like, be a bouncer at a bar or something like that. And he returned yeah. there, and something happened there. Got stabbed in the head. I wouldn't go that far, but something happened there, yeah. which which – Took him back to, you know, uh, a darker place, uh, a point in his life when uh, he was more about punishment. Um, oh, yeah, that's good. I and, like it. And, and, and so now there's a battle within him to for, for him to still try to be this good guy we see on TV in WWE, but that, that old, the punishment's still in him. Mm, that's what that's good. That's good. How about this? I think... Uh, he was going after there's this uh, 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 I, how about this how about this so things are good for him US champion instead of going out to other places to use hot tubs he got a hot tub for his place he doesn't know how to properly put in the chemicals to make sure that it's always clean and stuff All right. he got the wrong proportions of the chlorine and the pool and the hot tub chemicals he did it himself instead of got a guy and he was in there partying with some ladies and the chemicals messed with his brain now he's got the dual personality i I like it that's good scientific basis in that but (laughs) that's good Uh, yeah ace chemicals damien priest origin story (laughs) axis chemicals there you go who's there priest oh no all right. Anonymous tip. Priest is cleaning out Axis chemicals. There you go. Uh, after that, we got a Carmella promo. Uh, she's telling, she's holding her mask. Says the only uh, asset more valuable than her mask is her face. She's a diamond at WB, so precious, so rare. It makes her the perfect fit for Raw. She can't help that other women are insecure around her. Women like Liv Morgan. 
another jealous hater who's followed her to Raw to damage her face and deny the WB Universe the opportunity to admire how beautiful she is. But she has a plan of her own. She always has a plan with her mask. No one would be able to st- stop her influence as most beautiful woman of WB. And then she has another match against Liv Morgan after that. Yeah, um, I really love. So congratulations to Carmella and Corey Graves for their yes. engagement. Yes. And that was made reference to in this match. They go to the outside live. <laughs> Carmella is like sort of getting flirty with Corey with her uh, new fiance. And she says, you need to tell everybody why I'm the most beautiful woman in the WWE. Liv comes over and slams her head in the table and Graves freaks out. He goes, ah! And then uh, and then Liv sort of goes up to Graves and says, congratulations on your engagement. And then takes her back in and then commentary starts giving Corey Graves shit about that. And he says, he says, Byron, the only reason you're not engaged is because you can't propose to inanimate objects, which is a pretty funny line. And then uh, and then Carmel, they honestly, I would not be upset if they had Graves leave commentary to be her new manager. <laughs> I would not be upset because his like little John Waters mustache, I know, I know. the way he's been dressed, I could see they would be a good team together. I think be. they got good real like chemistry. Yeah, they could. Um, they could. So anyways, Carmel ends up uh, getting the win with a really wicked float over X Factor. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've never I maybe she's done this before and I don't pay attention I don't to think the float I, I don't over think aspect of it. I don't think she's done it. It was that was pretty cool. It, it was, was pretty, pretty cool. sick. It seemed like something yeah. new. Uh, after that, we got a, a Keith Lee, sorry, Keith Bearcat Lee video package, and then he had a match against Cedric Alexander, and he just overpowered Cedric. Cedric tried to take his legs out. Didn't work. Uh, Lee hits a Big Bang catastrophe to get the win. Shelton steps in the ring after the match. They have, they have a bit of a stare down, then Shelton leaves. Again, like with Damian Priest, I hope we get, I hope Keith Lee gets an opportunity to talk about this character. Because I'd be interested to know, kayfabe-wise, the motivation for the, the the obvious changes that he that he's done. This I mind less than the priest one, simply because it's it's relatively easy to think. Man, I tried. You know, it's nothing new. I tried the nice guy thing, didn't get me anywhere. I was going through this YouTube. Uh, I was going down a YouTube black hole of old wrestling, and I found Bearcat Wright, and I'm like, man. Look at this guy. He's he's real vicious in the ring. I want to be like him. I don't know. I'm that's actually pretty good stuff. But um turning from like, hey, I'm I've been too nice. I need to be meaner here on main roster. That's an easier thing than this guy's oh, brain chemicals are so different no, than I he's know, snapping I know, I know. now. I know, but, but I'm, I, I, yeah, I would love to, I'd love some character stuff. Sure. Yeah, totally. And then I think if they're gonna run these video packages of him, like they have the last couple weeks, you mm-hmm. know, it's just been B roll with music. Yeah. Um, you know, do something, do these, these, these profiles like we've seen in NXT where we get to know Keith oh, Bearcat Lee, you know, I would love for them to do that on main roster, you know, cause, cause yeah, it's fun to see him go in the ring and, and, and destroy people, but I want to get a sense of who this character is, which I don't yeah. have now. I don't have any sense of who this character is now. Yeah. So I just, just yeah, uh, mean guy who grunts. He, he he's very vocal in the ring now too. Whenever he hits somebody, he goes. Yeah, ah! I know. I know. I, know. Um, I do like the uh, the you know the tease there with Shelton stepping to mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. and then walking away. I like that stuff. Uh, it man, honestly, I've I've wanted to see a heel Keith Lee for a while now, but uh, but yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens with this. Yeah. After that, we have uh, Ray and Dom there in the locker room. And uh, I don't even know what they're talking about because I never care what oh, they're talking because about. Dom's like, hey, you're going to win this ladder match. And that's pretty much it. 
Yeah. And, so and Ray, is Ray's there. appreciative that his, his son wants him to win. Yeah. And then un- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for rooting for me and not Kevin Owens, son. <laughs> uh, Austin Theory is just hovering. You know, the camera pans over and he says something about towels. He looks over. He's like, hey, it's Ray. I'm like your biggest fan. I loved you when I was a kid. And he's like, can we get a picture together? And he looks over at Dom. He says, you know what? How about you just take the picture for us? And then Dom, I don't know why he was not into this. He's like, you know what? I'm not a photographer. Like, look, man, just because he doesn't want the picture with you. This isn't your locker room. Yeah. What's up with that? They get their own locker room. I don't think so. Yeah, Clearly, that was not that was not like a, a specific locker room just for the Mysterio. No, I, I yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Dom was trying to insult the recent NXT call up. I think that's what it was, right? Uh, yeah. So then Theory says, "Well, why don't we take a selfie in the ring after I beat you?" Yeah. And uh, and then Dom's like, "All right, let's do it." Apparently, these guys are only a couple months apart in age. Yeah. 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 One looks like a pro wrestler. The other is Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> uh, so then we had, so that happened earlier in the day. We get that match. Austin Theory versus Dom. Yeah. And uh, Theory gets that pin on Dom after the ATL. And then he takes a selfie with the ref, which I didn't look at Austin Theory's social media. I'm sure oh, that's yeah, on yeah. there. So he, he gets down to take the selfie with, with Dom and it was Jack Daddy ref. And, and he yeah. was like, no, 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 don't stop. Get out of here. And so he stands up and tries to take one with, with, uh, with Jack Daddy. And, and he wasn't that happy about it. After that, we had a RK Bro backstage. Riddle's going on about Halloween costumes they could do together. And Orton tells him, stop talking, take a breath. Tonight, I promise, we'll talk uh, Halloween till we're both blue in the face right now. We need to go retain our tag titles. Uh, Dolph and, and Bob Roode are former champions. They came to Raw to prove something. Let's go out there and retain our titles. And Riddle says, got it. Let's clean those dirty dogs up. Get it? Because they're dirty. Rills, or, or Orton just kind of shakes his head. They go out for their match. Uh, and This is a pretty solid bout. Um, I like, hey, look at this. Raw putting emphasis on tag team wrestling. Not one, but yeah, two matches with title implications. It's nice I to know. see. I know. I thought that that, I honestly thought that from episode one of the season premiere, that tag team was going to be buried. But uh, because SmackDown has got like a killer tag know, division. They got stacked tag division, I know. Yeah, emphasize your tag team. I, I think that's great. I, I cannot find the, the selfie with Jack Daddy. That makes me sad because it looked really like it would have been a funny one. Yeah, maybe maybe Jack Daddy backstage asked him to delete or something. I don't know. So the the finish of this tag bout saw uh, Orton hit an RKO on Bob Roode, and then Dolph super kicks Orton. Riddle then rolls up Dolph. Dolph kicks out. He tries to roll up Riddle. He kicks out. They go back and forth like that a couple times, and then Riddle rolls up Dolph with a spladle. To get the win, yeah, a spl- I love that they called that out too. A spladle. Uh, I think it's about like an amateur wrestling move. I would not have known the name of that because I am not Cal Jack. Uh, so after that, we had a uh, let's see, Seth here. Rollins. Oh, did you mention the Veer video promo? Oh, that was really quick. It was really quick, and apparently he lost in his match on main event to Jackson Riker. Yeah, Jackson Riker, twenty four seven guy. That's weird. <sighs> Anyways, anyways, uh, we had a Seth Rollins interview asked uh, by Kevin if he has a, if he feels he has a target on his back, the targeted, and he said, "Of course, I've got a target on my back." He called he him says, Michael too. Yeah, he did. He says, "I am the biggest threat to the WWE champion, and he knows it. I've been through literal hell. I should be the number one contender, but it doesn't matter. I'm putting it all behind me. 
I'm going to win the ladder match because I am the visionary, the revolutionary. I'm Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah. And then we had the main event, Ray versus oh, Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins in a ladder match, and it was really good stuff. They gave this it like a half hour. It was brutal. Awesome. Some creative spots. This was so great. This was so great. So uh, the finish saw Finn getting stomped to allow Seth to climb the ladder and win, but each person had subsequently taken each other out. Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, Kevin Owens powerbombed the shit out of Rey Mysterio through a ladder. Table. Uh, I'm sorry, through a table. And then I think Finn... Uh, Seth backdropped Kevin Owens through yeah, the ladder set right. up Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then Seth it. stomps Finn. You put Kevin Lo Owens in a ladder match and it's going to be brilliant. He might Dude. be the best ladder match wrestler in history. Oh, I, I it's got to be between him and like uh, Jeff Hardy, I maybe know. I don't know, or uh, uh, Sami Zayn, probably. I mean, in, in terms of these days, yeah, Kevin Owens, Tops. Sami Zayn, absolutely yeah, top. Absolutely. So uh, after that, Big E comes out the ramp as Seth is walking up. Uh, Seth, it's like, hey, all is fair in love and war, and I love the WWE title, and I'll do anything to get it back. And then he goes backstage. He's got an interview, uh, and he's like, hey, you know why I called it Monday Night Rollins? Because it's my show, and I'm back, and better than ever, I'm going to be the next WWE champion. Yeah. Uh, and then they they end on like a slow motion shot of him getting that uh, that uh, professional folder with the WWE. The folio. The folio. <laughs> I knew there was an attache case-esque name folio. to that. A folio. Folio. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and answer some questions. I've got a thread over here on the Patreon just put it up this morning, so not a lot of questions. So hopefully Twitch chat will help us out with that. Uh, Smurf Galloway asks, after Seth loses to Big E, let's assume that happens, should he uh, pull a switch and face Roman at Mania? If he wins the Rumble, that's a possibility. Yeah. But given that they're both bad guys, they're different kinds of bad guys. I don't really see that as being the thing. Yeah, I'd be surprised too. Uh, got a couple subs here, real quick. Maggie gifted a sub to Crossface Chicken Stain, and then uh, Muda's Miss. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, let me scroll down. Go ahead if you get another question there. I'll yeah, sure. Uh, Luisa Reza, should Zelina get an entourage? If so, who should be in it? Yes. More people need entourages. Yes. I think that if you look at so many of the UFC stars, they have entourages. Every like big name pro athlete has entourages. Um, I think they need. I mean, you know, Roman. He's got the bloodline. That's his entourage. I think you need more people. That what have you're saying is factions. Entourage. We need more factions. Yeah, exactly. Or even you know, like an entourage basically consists of a bunch of useless people, hangers ons, right? I don't mind that idea showing up in pro wrestling. You could use some developmental, like Don, Von Wagner should be in somebody's entourage. He's kind of useless. He doesn't really do anything with him, but he's this big old dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely factions, 100,000% factions. More factions, the better. Uh, let's see here. Uh, White Brownie, PW Insider had a report saying Asuka would remain on Raw. Could you see her returning at Survivor Series as part of Team Raw or straight going straight for the title. Um, I mean, it'd, it'd be interesting to see an Asuka-Becky feud for the title based on how, you know, Asuka, she won Money in the Bank. Uh, Becky had to vacate the title, and by winning Money in the Bank, Asuka got the title. 
you know, there's a story there they can reference at the same time, though. I don't know how long they're going to wait until Bianca beats Becky for the belt. So who knows? First time chatter here. King, King Kristen said, did you just call Von Wagner useless? Um, yes, I did. Until until his storyline in NXT 2.0 is resolved, uh, in which he is building up the courage to ask Kyle O'Reilly to help him dispose of the dead body he found on his property. If he if he's able to do that, if he's able to dispose of the dead body he found on his property, then I will not refer him to him as useless. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, he's kind of acting as Kyle O'Reilly's mentor right now, so. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's his story. Let's jog. Let's jog through the woods with this branch on my shoulder. Yeah, and in the and I'm going to build up the courage over beers to ask you how to get rid of a dead body. Joe Hansen, uh, why do you think WWE doesn't make more conscious effort to break off these long told stories when they do the draft in order to actually, in order to actually mix up the rosters more? Is it simply laziness, or is there idea that some people only watch Raw and others only watch SmackDown, so it's new to them? Well, factually. Like about 500,000, 700,000 people watch SmackDown more than Raw. Mm-hmm. So when you go to SmackDown, there's a chance like a fourth of your audience or a fifth of your audience hasn't actually seen like those people. Yeah, at so the same time, that might be one at the same time, know. you know, you don't need to carry on whole feuds from SmackDown that were going on for months just to have another match on Raw. Yeah, Burr Winning says, Kyle O'Reilly went from main eventer to young boy. He really did. He really did. He's like a 20-year veteran who's now learning under the tree of Von Wagner. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually pretty impressive for Von Wagner. To do it really that. is. Somehow he, somehow he finagled his way into uh, getting a young boy. I know. Uh, night by night, yesterday a talking fish came to your house and asked if he could stay a couple nights on your couch. He seemed a little shady, so you weren't too keen on this idea. Decided to give him uh, a, a lead on a place to stay. What raw superstars house would you rec- would you recommend he go to? Well, if it's a talking fish, we'd have to go outside the WWE and go straight to what we do in the shadows. Yeah, let's get the Jackie and Daytona. Give, give it to Jackie Daytona or uh, Mark Hamill. Wasn't it Mark Hamill's character that was really into the talking fish? Yeah, yeah, yep, that was great. Yep. Uh, Rage thoughts on AEW airing at the same time Wednesday now instead of having to wait for the West Coast feed so it's live across the country rather than airing at 8 on the East Coast as well as us on the West Coast having to wait till 8 I think it's great it reminds me of Nitro when it was live so I get three hours of Nitro as soon as that was over because they had a hard out at 8 o'clock to go to Robin Hood I can go and watch Raw afterwards Um, yeah I think it's great I think it's awesome it's good it's good I mean, you could just get on Twitch and watch it live. I mean, if you have, you know, certain cable packages allow you to watch the East Coast feed, too. Yeah, that's totally true. I'm just saying wrestling streams HD. Yeah, no, I was trying to, I was just trying to more, you know, legitimate. <laughs> I might, you might have to cut that out. I want to, I don't want to snitch on them. I'm just very, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm very appreciative of their work. Yeah, I know. But at the same time. I also want to keep it on the download so it stays around. Yeah, so. I mean, they've been they've been killed a couple times, and they just keep on coming back. Youtubian says, "Do you think it would have benefited everybody involved if Punk had joined AEW after Cole and Danielson?" I don't think it would have made a difference. I think Punk is just doing his thing. I think yeah. he's out there. You know, he's he's a young boy now. He's like trying to get uh, trying to figure out how to wrestle in in today's landscape. So he's taking on guys like Bobby Fish, brand new superstars like Bobby Fish, like Bob Fish, King CDM. All members of the '90s NWO have found the fountain of youth or in their prime. 
They challenged Bullet Club, Bullet Club, to a five-on-five elimination tag match. It sold out. Steve, mm. you pick five for mm. the uh, National Wrestling Office. Larson, pick five for the Bullet Club. Who goes over? So is this current? I assume this is current day Bullet Club, right? I think, well, given that we have the NWO, the National Wrestling Office, uh, available to us, I think you get... History of Bullet Club? Carte Blanche. Okay, okay. Any okay. and all Bullet Club. All right, cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Dude. Uh, give me, uh, give me uh, Prince Devitt. Give me AJ Styles. Give me Kenny Omega. You give me Adam Cole Bay Bay. And hold on. No, give me, give me Devitt. Give me AJ. Give me Ken, and Kenny. And give me the Young Bucks. Here's the thing. I can go with my first three and beat all of your guys easily. I know. It's the Outsiders and Hogan. I know. No, I don't even have the outsiders on here. Hogan. That's kind of enough to beat all your guys, let's be honest. But then I'm going to add to that Wolfpack Sting. Those two alone could beat all of your guys. And then I'm going to throw in there House Show DDP when he joined the Wolfpack, but then it never happened on TV, but it did happen at a house show. So those three guys, and then honestly, you could t- you could toss in whoever else you want. I mean, Steiner and Bagwell. Yeah, Wolfpack Luger. What about Bret Hart? You could. I mean, NWO 2000. Who was that? Who was that? It was Jeff Jarrett. Bret, Jarrett, Nash, Steiner. Mm -hmm. Wasn't there a fifth? I think so. Who's the. I honestly was not watching WCW at that point. I mean, you'd have to go down to like, what's the five worst members of the NWO? Oh wow, uh, the NASCAR driver. Um. <laughs> NASCAR driver. Um. Jay Leno was not in the W. Uh, he was not in the NW. No, he was fighting the NW. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. Virgil. Yeah, I wouldn't put Rodman in the worst. No, Rodman arguably was in the best. He's in the Hall either. of Fame. I would not put Scott Norton in the worst no, either. That either. dude is a former IWGP champion. And 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 he seemed like just the nicest guy. That star. Oh, super nice, dude. He yeah, was, super nice. We guy. didn't have we didn't have any conversations with him. I mean, we, we you know he was like right behind us. We heard him interacting with fans. Oh, Wall Street, good good call. I know. I'm and he walks by now. me and he just puts his hand on my shoulder and just the the warmest little squeeze on my shoulder. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. He probably, he probably had no idea who who I was. We were just all there trying to you know make a living in this wrestling business. And I'm like, pretty sure that that means you're part of the NWO now. I think the so. National Wrestling Office. I think so. So we've got we've got uh, NASCAR driver Virgil Wall Street. Uh, was Disco Inferno in the NWO? No. I mean, if he was, then he would be the worst. Yeah, he'd be like that's like worse than NASCAR driver. Was Disco really? Disco was in the Wolf Pack? No, that was like the best NWO. All right, so it's NASCAR driver, Virgil, Wall Street, Disco, and Horace Hogan. All right. I kind of feel like they would stand toe-to-toe with the best of the Bullet Club. That's not true. No. That's not true. But yeah, the top three uh, NWO guys ever, they could they could, they could destroy 10 Bullet Club guys. What if I put uh, Hikaleo and, uh, and uh, Doc Gallows in there? At least, then at least the Bullet Club team has some size. Well, they're tall. Yeah, but have you ever seen Gallows run? 
Yeah. Looks like a baby goose. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.